hello, and welcome to the Rock Metal Podcast. I'm your host, John Harris, and on my right-hand side is my right-hand man, Gabriel. Hi! What's sexy riffs? And today on the Rock Metal Podcast, we've got Zach Oakley, and he's got a new album called Badlands, which was released on September 17th via Commune Records. Right now I'm being joined by whom I'm told is the important members of the band, Zach himself. Share some more information about this stellar release. Why he's in the Badlands? Why he's got the fever? What's going on with the acid rain, baby? And why he's got some sweet, tasty riffs? We're going to talk about guitar tone and all kinds of stuff. Sweet. Zach, great to have you on. Yeah, thanks for having me. After freaking Lutely. You know, what's kind of funny is as I was listening to the tracks, I'm like, I dig it. And I was curious if you were going to pop on and say, well, you called the Rock Metal Podcast. Why do you have me on? And I would say, well, I consider you to be within the genre of rock. Sure. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So you get it. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Definitely. (laughs) Cool. Well, take us through, I don't know, the album. Let's start with the album because, I mean, I'm I'm enamored by uh, the album, enamored by the tone. I'm enamored by everything. So take us through this album. What's this album about? What are the Badlands about? Um, yeah, I guess it's like, instead of writing about space or some sort of out of body experience, just thought it would be fun and more natural just to write about kind of the area that I live in, things that I see, things that I know really well, instead of things that I, you know, don't really know very well. That and I kind of feel like, uh, this area is pretty pretty inspirational pretty trippy on its own you don't really need to give it anything extra for it to be interesting which i have as san diego is that correct that's where i live yeah okay talk to us about san diego for all the people in the world right now we're probably just thinking of i don't know the beach and little barbecue sandwiches maybe i could just be making all of that up no there's a lot of that too there's a lot of that too but it's uh it's a border town. It's a Navy town. Uh, kind of got like a lot of different type of people that come here. Um, I guess it's kind of like LA's smaller little cousin or something. We've got the same same situation that happens where there's a lot of people that aren't from here. And then there's still a lot of people that grew up here. And uh, yeah, it just creates a lot of interesting dynamics and uh, a lot of different type of people are here. And so... Yeah, for that for that reason alone, I feel like it's kind of an interesting area of the world just on its own, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think what's cool, I've been to San Diego a couple of times, and I thought, man, this is nice. And you know, obviously, I don't, I don't live there, but my most uh, – <clears throat> I have a lot of exposure with L.A. Yeah. Uh, some exposure with San Francisco, and it's almost like two different countries, just that mm-hmm. alone. And then you get to San Diego, and it's just like a cleaner, nicer, warmer version of L.A. kind of. Yeah, I'd say so too. Yeah, I agree with you for sure. And then the other thing is that even though it's a major city, everybody is focused on L.A. or San Francisco, but how many people are focused on San Diego? Yeah, that's true. Um, It's like even if there is sometimes a focus on San Diego, I feel like it gets left out of the conversation like a majority of the time, which uh, I actually like. I kind of like that. I mean, I don't really feel like even if there was some big conversation about San Diego going on that I would be in there anyway but just the fact that we kind of get left to our to ourselves is kind of interesting like you know the bands that I grew up playing with Sacramani, Harsh Toke and maybe you're not familiar with some of these guys but basically they're just the bands that we grew up playing with together and uh, you know like there just isn't 
a huge scene aside from that. It's kind of like core members of a music scene and like that's it, you know. It's not like this huge scene going on here. Um, and for that reason, all the people that contribute and seem genuine, they kind of have this tendency to gravitate towards each other and we all stayed pretty close friends throughout the years. Mm-hmm. Okay, so talking about what you know, talking about those Badlands, talking about San Diego, that leads us to a couple of tracks that have videos. So everybody listening in, watching on YouTube, you can see how almost unreasonably good looking we are. There's going to be show notes down below, ZachOakley.com, as well as the two music videos, Fever and Acid Rain. Let's chat about fever first. We've got a fever. The only prescription is take us through it. Well, actually, that song was kind of just supposed to be quick and punchy, and I guess it it did stay that way, but like, I was kind of just trying to figure out what to sing about, and uh, the chorus came first, because it's like, you know, just whatever, phonetically speaking, it worked out, coming down with a fever or something like that, but... When it's time, when it was time to write the verses, I kind of tried to not make it so like you know, uh, literal. I guess I was trying to write about um, I don't know, acknowledging depression, acknowledging addiction, acknowledging toxic situations that like you know, uh, they feel good to be a part of. They feel good to be mixed up in in the moment, but then they don't just they don't have a great long term effect, and so it's kind of like. It's like a song about uh, realizing when something's really bad for you and uh, that kind of like process of separating yourself from it, whether you actually separate yourself from it successfully or not, that process is like really difficult, really hard and kind of feels isolating. And uh, yeah, so that's kind of how it fleshed out contextually. Mm -hmm. So then you had this, this music that needed lyrics. Is that what I'm gathering? Yeah, most of them, it, it usually goes that way. And that's how it went with this one as well. So the tune and the riff came first because it's like I'm noodling all day and not necessarily writing down stuff all day. So usually the riff comes first, then the lyrics. And uh, yeah, I guess on, on this record, I tried to not just go for like your stereotypical blues kind of uh, call and response lyrics or content, I guess. And then in a way, it is still pretty much just singing about the blues, but uh, kind of trying to make it a little as personal as possible, I guess. Well, the blues, maybe, but the drummer seems to feel that it's joy. <laughs> yeah, that's <He's> right. <laughs> under, under the spell of joy, but he's in the blues yeah. song, so I'm confused. <laughs> yeah, uh, I think he just wore that because that was my old band's t-shirt. I don't know if you know about joy, but it was an old band that I used to play in, and my brother's a, a fan. Okay. So, Yeah. <laughs> That was his wardrobe choice. Sorry about that. It's okay. You mentioned it was a military town. I'm guessing they're doing a flyby, doing some drills? Constantly. We're like right in the fly zone area, right in downtown. Okay. Fan-freaking-tastic. Does that make you proud at all when you watch them go by, or you just don't care anymore? Oh, uh, I mean... <laughs> I don't know if pride is the feeling I get, but yeah, in either case, I don't care anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. All right. So we're talking about the fever. Now, something I see here is that it was shot by Corey Martinez, but edited by Zach Oakley. Are you the Zach Oakley that edited this? Yeah. This is all DIY, man. I I'm honestly surprised that it's getting to the point where I'm 
you know, talking to you or even releasing this thing properly. It's all just a DIY effort. We're all just doing it for fun. Corey's my buddy that I went to uh, audio engineering school with. And so we're pretty project oriented, the two of us. We'll like, you know, we hang out, but like a lot of the times when we're hanging out, we're talking about what project we should do next, you know, or what kind of uh, recording project or video project we'll do next. And yeah, he's just a really good filmer and uh, he's really technical with all the specs and he'll get it done. And then I just really like the, yeah, like my buddy, he's just really good at shooting. And um, yeah, I really like the whole tweaking out on um, editing stuff, whether it's audio or video. It's just really fun for me. So I've been actually making all the videos. So there's two more coming out. We made Acid Rain as well. Same idea. Corey shot it. I edited it. Mm-hmm. It's almost like it's the same music video, but just different filters. Yeah. And then we tried to, uh, we tried to in the third video, which hasn't come out yet, and the fourth video, which hasn't come out yet, to kind of like expand, you know, because you do sort of fall into habits and you kind of reach your limitations. You're like, you know, we don't have like a big studio that we're shooting in. We're doing this in like our basement, you know, with a green screen or a white screen. So I think for the third video, we realized like, hey, we should really get out of the house and like go shoot outside, you know, or kind of have like a bigger template to film on. And so, yeah, the first two videos, I agree, they look kind of similar. And then the third and the fourth, when they come out, it kind of will feel a little bigger. Yeah. You should do one on the beach, eating up a little barbecue sandwich. Yeah, I could do that right now. <laughs> ah, beautiful. Fan-freaking-tastic. Something you mentioned was going to audio school. So I guess then, because uh, I've got mixing and mastering credits by other peeps, but take us through your sound design, how you went about crafting this record, because it does sound really good. Thank you. Um, we... Um, well, first, first of all, like my, my drummer and my bass player are really good. So my brother is my drummer and, uh, we have a good connection. And so, um, yeah, we played another band called Volcano a little while back. And that was the first band that we ever played in where we recorded and like really rehearsed together. And I think we found in that band that we had like a really good chemistry, which I think we knew we had, but we just never really tried it out. Never really went to a recording studio, but we were excited for this one because we learned what not to do in the other recording. And then with this one, we really rehearsed. We found a bass player, Kyra Wilcox, who's a really good player. He plays with Helen Rain now. Uh, still plays with us, but he's all over the place. He's really talented. So he's out and about. Um, he added a lot to the record as well. And then I think uh, we just chose good studios. We recorded at a place that's no longer in San Diego, unfortunately. It shut down. It was called Audio Design. And the uh, the lead engineer there, a dude named Jordan Andrean, is really all about his analog processing, two-inch tape machine, never touches digital until the final bounce down. And even that, I think he's starting to get away from now. But for this one, we did finally bounce the stems off of uh, tape, and then I brought them home. So the stems that I had to work with were like really warm, really punchy, all analog processing. And then I basically just opened up the stems in my computer and just kind of tweaked out every single night, adding vocals, vocal harmonies, little percussion tracks and like glockenspiel. I mean, really, that was the most fun part about it. And uh, yeah, like every night adding something new and never feeling any pressure of being under like, you know, an hourly rate at a studio, paying $50 an hour or so forth, whatever, you know, just recording with a condenser mic in my living room at home. 
percussion, vocals, whatever I wanted to, extra guitar tracks. I invited someone over to play harmonica on the tune Mexico. I invited a bunch of people over to play keyboards throughout the records because I'm not a great keyboard player. So, But I decided I really wanted that, so I kind of had some buddies come over and play that. And that was all just uh, done in the comfort of my own home. So that was the production part. And then, yeah, the reason I had it mixed by someone else is because at the end of the day, I just had all of these tracks, drums, guitars, multiple guitars, multiple vocals, tons of percussion, tons of keys. And I just wanted to, like, give it to someone else to mix. And so I chose this dude uh, from Memphis. He's like, you know, halfway across the country. His name's Matt Quails, but he's one of the best mixing engineers I've ever heard, you know. And uh, we met on tour with my old band, Joy, in Memphis and hit it off and stayed in touch. And he's mixed a couple of bands that I'm friends with, uh, The Dirty Streets, and like all of their records sound amazing. And so we really wanted that kind of like Grand Funk Railroad James Gang, really tight and punchy sound. And so we just asked Matt to do it, and he was pretty happy to do it. And we worked together really well. And there was a lot of like me sending him supplemental tracks for records, him mixing it in, sending me a mix back, and then me listening and going, oh, I need to add this, this, and this. And so there was a lot of back and forth and like layering upon layering until finally it was like, okay, let's stop. This it's done now, you know? That's kind of how it went. Yeah, it means more glockenspiel and and hang up the phone. I say that particularly because I remember when I was putting it down, I was like, this is funny. I've never done this before. I'm like actually playing Glock on a song. But yeah, it was fun. Any cowbell? Was there any cowbell on Fever? Tons of cowbell. No, unfortunately, there isn't one on Fever. There's a uh, cowbell solo on the tune Mexico. That's just awesome. <laughs> how do you do a cowbell cool. solo? Did you get multiple cowbells to get a melody? Uh, no, you just get someone like my brother who's good with sticks and just hammer away at one cowbell. It's like right in the bridge part. It's like just what the bridge needed. There's like, you know, probably four or eight measures that go by with nothing much happening except drum and bass. And he just filled it in with a cowbell solo and it sounds so good. Oh, it's not cowbell solo like on its own, but it's like cowbell is like the main lead instrument for like four measures and sounds awesome. Mm-hmm. I agree. Now, uh, the guitar. Yeah. I see you playing a lot with a strat. Is that what what's the core sound that you got going there with with the guitar? Um going for just like plug and chug, man. I mean, maybe throw a tube screamer between the guitar and the amp, but pretty much guitar uh, for all the strat players that know what I'm talking about, you flip the uh pickup switch all the way back and then up one for the uh, reverse polarity sound and uh, record the entire track with the reverse polarity sound and then record one other stereo guitar track with the uh, full bridge sound. So you kind of get like the deep end and the kind of really odd kind of mess with your ears out of phase sound that the Strat can have and then mix those two together. And then for the solos, it's like all over the place, whatever position I'm feeling, whatever position was giving me the sustain that I wanted. Uh, But yeah, the whole, pretty much the whole album was done with one Strat like all the different sounds that a Strat can make, which I'm thinking about adding different guitars to the next one. But for this one, it was mostly a live record with some with a lot of supplemental stuff over it, but I wanted to keep it like the same style guitar throughout the whole thing. It just felt right. No other reason for it than that, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, it sounds good, and the Strat is capable of a lot of sounds. Yeah. Yeah, I do like the reverse polarity sound. It's like... It's, I don't know, there's something really cool about it. And uh, yeah, I'll probably keep using that for a while. Okay, cool. Yeah, because it kind of makes, 
a bit of a humbucker, right? When you put it in that position, because it brings the two single coils together, which technically is kind of a humbucker. It brings them together, but then it puts them out of phase. Oh. So it actually takes away a lot of the low end. Okay. Yeah, which is what it, which is what makes it sound so weird and kind of messes with your head. It almost sounds like it is the two uh, pickups, but instead of them being in perfect phase, they're like out of phase. And so oh. if you can imagine what that sounds like, that's what it's, yeah. It's kind of like, it sounds plucky. It's the okay. best way I can describe it. Yeah, get a lot of definition then. Yeah, tons of definition, exactly. It doesn't get lost in the mud, which is getting lost in the mud is not a bad thing, but that's why I like to mix them. I like to have the low, muddy, kind of thick tone and then the plucky sort of defined tone and mix them together. Mm-hmm. Perfect. Getting muddy here in the Badlands with all that acid rain. Yeah, that was a fun song. That's That song was one of those ones that we didn't think was going to sound so good, and so I think we... We spent a lot of time producing it in, in, in the sense that when it first came out of the studio, it was just guitar, bass, and drums. And so we decided like it needs like a lot of backup vocals, kind of like George Harrison-y, uh, all things must pass, like orchestral vocals in the background. And so that took a little while to figure out how to do, but... You know, I think that's kind of what carries that song a little bit is the backup vocals and uh, the keys. The addition of the keys for that song was big, too. Mm-hmm. You mentioned you had some guest keys people. Yeah, on that one, we had a musician from San Diego. His name's Jody Bagley. He plays in a band called uh, Miss Henry, and they're fantastic. They're all over the place. They release new music all the time. He's a fantastic player. He's so good. He's so natural. I'll send him songs. You know, I'll text him songs and say, hey, can you come over for a couple hours and record something on this? And he'll come over with notes already prepared and plug in and just play. The dude never hits a wrong note. And it's always so good. Like, it's always so emotional. And, uh, like, it just elevates everything. Plus, it adds, like, a frequency range that I'm missing from just having a power trio. You know, it adds, like, um, really lows really low lows to like the mid range and then the uh, really kind of high sparkly organy stuff that I can't quite get with a guitar either. So kind of like it thickens up the song too, like in a frequency range way, but it also adds melody and harmony that I'm not able to get with just one guitar player. So he's great. Like I'll probably keep playing with him as long as he's down to record, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Any organs? Usually there's some organs in, in uh, bluesy type stuff. Yeah, yeah. He played organ. He played B3. He's got a C3 organ that he recorded at my house, mono. And then we recorded a couple tracks at the studio with like a stereo Leslie through an actual B3. And that's the one that you hear on Acid Rain and the track Badlands. He also put acoustic piano and um, like grand piano and uh, like a Rhodes um I forget if it was Rhodes or Wurlitzer, but I think it was a Rhodes. And so it's kind of got like, yeah, you kind of have to listen to it because it's mixed in. And I think the uh, grand piano is really just there to add like a lot of low frequency to make those two songs sound really heavy, which I think it worked. Um, but you don't really hear the grand piano as like, oh, wow, there's grand piano. You kind of feel it more as like a low frequency. And then the um, the Rhodes kind of adds like a little bit of tinkly quality and then the b3 is just this really colorful smearing that happens i don't know any better way to describe it but the way jody plays it's like um 
you, you just add a little bit of reverb and it's just like he's throwing colors around it's so fun to listen to but um yeah you can hear that in acid rain and the song badlands those were kind of like a twin recording session with a lot of the same instrumentation um yeah he killed it man jody's jody's the best so good sweet all right so everybody listening in show notes down below we've got zach's website zachoakley.com a couple of videos fever acid rain you can click on those links and check those bad boys out the album badlands out now via commune records wherever it is that you consume music zach that concludes my questions baby awesome man thank you so much for coming on today absolutely thanks for having me it's been great